Are you recording? I'm recording. Okay. Welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the only podcast that matters. Yeah. When we're talking about Fearless Records Punk Go series. Well, the only podcast that matters all the time. Or did you say where we talk about? I thought you said when we talk about Fearless Records. I was like, whoa. I've completely forgotten what I said. (laughs) So yeah, it's the only podcast that matters, really though. Pretty much. To us anyway. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, no, you you're you get pretty into your podcasts. I do. I have a regular rotation of podcasts and I do get a little bit too in depth with them. I met a fellow my brother, my brother and me fan the other day and it was very delightful. You did. It became a little bit of a story on the my brother, my brother and me Reddit page. Subreddit. Subreddit, sorry. Yes. So long story short, at the gym that I go to there is a couple who also go there. This was not known to me beforehand, but they are also fans of the Maximum Fun podcast, My Brother, My Brother and Me, which features the McElroy brothers. Uh, shout out to any fellow Mibim Bambinos out there. But um, yeah, I was walking to the gym one day and I saw a car with a Shrimp Heaven Now bumper sticker and i was like sick which is an in joke for the podcast it is i will link to the bit because it is very funny um and yeah i'd seen it like a week or so prior and messaged like my one friend who i know around the area who also listens to the pod and i was like hey is this your car he was like no it is not so then next time i came across it being that other day i happened to have my bullet journal and some pens on me so i scribbled a note and left it on their um under the windscreen wiper and then from there it just sort of snowballed into this thing where i posted about it on instagram she posted about it on her instagram people saw both instagram posts and were like hey i saw the other end of this and like linked us up and then simultaneously she had posted to reddit a picture of my little drawing that i made and yeah it was one of those things where like small scale but the subreddit people sort of scrambled to find the other missing piece. So then we actually met each other in person the other day and it was delightful. Aww. Yeah. I liked the one comment where it said something like, I like that this person came prepared with lots of different pens. <laughs> and I just said, if they only knew. Yeah. Lots of different colour pens. <laughs> I, I carry a lot of stuff with me that I do not need on my person at all times but I it worked in my favor that time yeah so you are quite the pod lover and I'd like to thank the listener for being a pod lover of ours as well yes and for enduring that story that is completely uninteresting if you don't listen to Mabim Bam it's interesting to you this is true and interesting to me and I think if if anyone doesn't really like hearing about it, they should just let it go. Nice. Yeah. The topic of the day being Let It Go by James Bay, as covered by The Plot In You. Yes, this is true. But, you know, that's how we do things. We, we, we usually tell it, or we started to tell it at the top of the episode, you know, but a little bit of housekeeping. How's your, how's your house? How's your week been? I was going to say, you know how my house is, because it's the same house that you live in, <laughs> so I'd be a bit upset if you didn't know. 
what if I walked in and acted like it wasn't my, like I didn't live here? I was like, and I was just like, I was like, man, didn't clean up for guests. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we record, this place is just a mess. It's just, I mean, come on, scrub a dish once in a while. You got all this cat hair on the ground. Like, get the cat to clean that up. We have already tried to ask him to clean up after himself, and he refuses. He does. But he's a bit of a jerk. Yes. My week has been good. There is good. not much to report. Very I think good. that my brother, my brother and me encounter was the peak of the last week or so. You have been making new friends. I literally made a new friend. I made him. I made him. Yes, He was did. birthed from the ground. Yes. I picked him and said, you are my perfect boy. I will name you <laughs> Kyle. And I will give you a face. And Kyle is now my perfect jack-o'-lantern sitting out on our balcony that yes. I made. You cut a disc in his skull and pulled out his skull flesh. Yeah, there were a lot of innards in Carved that. his eyes and his mouth into a grin, toothy grin. You really couldn't use those pumpkins for anything else besides jack-o'-lanterns because there is not enough in there to... Like, there's no, there's no sustenance. Oh, is it just all, like, seeds and shit? It's just seeds and pulp and, and innards. I oh. like I like that word, innards. I, the thing that I find most astounding about jack-o'-lanterns is that you paid 15 bucks for a jack-o'-lantern. Look, I, I... And that's not a reflection on you and poor spending choices. It's just a reflection on, we live in Australia, for fuck's sake. I know. And now they're shilling pumpkins. Pumpkins. That, they're shilling pumpkins to us for fifteen dollars a piece. Fifteen dollar redos. It's atrocious. It's, it's a seasonal thing, though. Like, of course they're going to be like, these idiots watch their movies and their television shows. Mm. Of course we can charge three bucks a kilo for a for a pumpkin. And I was that idiot that bought one. I spent fifteen bucks no. on it, and I had a good time making it. Well, this is true. You can't put a price on happiness. No, I put on some wrestling and I carved my perfect boy. You should have called him Gordon, because... Pump- are pumpkins gourds, or is that a different kind of... I think pumpkins are gourds. Let me have a look. I feel like I've heard of, like, gourd seeds and that sort of thing. Gourd. But Such a good word, it gourd. It is. Gourd. I... A fleshy, typically large fruit with a hard skin. So maybe uh, I don't not. know if pumpkins are fruits. Or no. no, actually, would they be because they've got seeds? No. No, but then that would make... Because I thought that was why tomatoes were fruits. But maybe not. I don't think... Hang on. Pumpkin... But then, no, is it, a, is it because tomatoes don't grow in the ground, they grow on vines? I don't know. It doesn't matter. This isn't a tomato podcast. Pumpkins are squash. Wait. What? Oh my god, I feel like your world's going to be rocked. Uh, I'm really... Con- is a pumpkin a gourd? Hang on. Oh, so pumpkins are like a cousin of gourds, almost. They're all part of a family. My cousin gourd. This is my cousin gourd. He's a very seedy man. And... He's orange, and he likes to eat bananas with the skin on. Wait. Apparently pumpkin is a fruit, and it also falls into the category of gourds and squash. While pumpkins, gourds, and squash are considered to be fruit from a scientific standpoint, people within the culinary world will often still refer to them as vegetables because they are not sweet. I think we... Should establish now that pretty much the only person who's still listening is probably Richard. So, hi, Richard. <laughs> hey, Richard. I still think you should have called him Gord. I am happy with Kyle. Okay. Because, I don't know, Kyle's a, like, 
broy names. This is true. So how far in are we? I want to just revel in how garbage we are at staying on topic. Eight minutes and 15 seconds. Oh, that's not bad. All right. I think if I were to do it again, though, I would love to do a Crimson Ghost pumpkin. But oh, that, that would be, be cool. that would be so, that is beyond my talents. I reckon it'd be doable. Way beyond my talents. Maybe I should buy one of those mini gourds that we saw at Coles. Yeah, that'd be cute. And do a mini one. For those who aren't as punk as I am, because I'm so punk here yes. in my tracksuit pants. Yes. The Crimson Ghost is the logo for the band The Misfits. Mm-hmm. Just in case. And piece of trivia for you, Sam has a Crimson Ghost tattoo. I do. And I like to get a pen and draw hats on it sometimes. You do. And mustaches. Yes. Mustachios. <laughs> I also have the old, old, old television series of the Crimson Ghost from like the 40s. Ah. It's like this weird science fiction, uh, like noir show. And it's actually really excellent. And the, the bad guy wears the mask of okay. the Crimson Ghost. And that's where the Misfits got it from. It's like, they get in these, like, incredible, there's these incredible fight scenes. And the all, because it's the 40s, all the men were wearing hats. And the hats somehow stay on. In just these, just utterly ridiculous fight scenes. I guess they have that in common with James Bay. Yeah! Because as you are reading my, my notes, he likes hats. He sure does. Do you want to give us a rundown on who James Bay is? He's British. And? He likes hats. I, I took your advice, and how many dot points are in this, this set of notes? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 28. 28 dot points. So I did 28 dot points. I established that he is British. Mm-hmm. He likes hats. Mm-hmm. And he looks like the love child of old Johnny Depp and Jack White. He does. How are you? Are you just remembering all this? Yep. Because I, huh. I thought that was funny, so it particularly stuck in my brain. <laughs> it's the equivalent of laughing at your own jokes is just shelving it for later. Um, I, was, I was at work, and in between calls I'd be like, <laughs> I'm going to remember that one for later. <laughs> so, no, he, yes, he is certainly British and he does like a good hat. But, you know, like all power to him because I just do not look good in hats. I just cannot rock a hat. I'm thinking like the only person that actually does look cool in a hat, though, is, is Samuel L. Jackson when he wears his hat, his Kango hat or whatever it is. Yeah. So, James Bay has released two full-length studio albums to date. Uh, His debut extended play, The Dark of the Morning, was released in 2013. The song we're talking about today, Let It Go, is from his 2015 offering, The Chaos and the Calm. But I believe it was released as a single a bit earlier than that. Yeah, so the single came out in 2014. Yes. And then the album came out in 2015. Yeah. So kind of like a teaser, I guess. It's not unheard of. Like, the latest Cattle Decapitation album oh, that's I... coming out. Like, they've got the album coming out, and prior to that, they've they've released a single. That's generally how singles work. That's generally how advertising works. Yep. Yep. I... 
Go. No, you go. Because no, I'm I have, I have nothing to say. I was going to oh. laugh. <laughs> I interrupted your laugh. <laughs> yes. This is what we've gotten to so far. I had something, but now it's gone, about James Bay. Oh, I don't know what an extended play really is, whether it's just like a wanky name for a concept album, which in itself is kind of a wanky name for an album that has a theme. Uh, that is a conversation that we should have researched into before we started. I mean, it's not that important though, because we're not talking about anything off the extended play. I'm just wondering if it's like how, when you call something like, if someone was to say to a comic book fan, oh, wow, Batman, the killing joke is such a great comic book. That comic book fan would turn around and go, it's actually a graphic novel. So an extended play is sort of like the bridge between a single and a full-length album. Oh, so you're telling me there's yet another one, because there's EP, there's demo, there's single, there's now extended play. So, yeah. An extended play record, often referred to as an EP, is a musical recording that contains more tracks than a single, but is usually unqualified as an album or LP. I feel like we have had this discussion off mic before. So that's what EP stands for. Yes. I didn't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've, if I'd known, I would have just called it an EP. Well, there you go. So, yeah, there you go. There, there you go. I was also going to make the comparison that if you tell an anime fan that anime's cartoons, they go, no, it's anime! It's like, well, it looks like a cartoon to me. Mm-hmm. As someone who is currently re-watching Samurai Champloo. Cool. That's an anime. Don't dare call it a cartoon. <laughs> this is just... It's great. No, that's good listening. So, in other words, Chaos and the Calm was his first album proper. Yes. And then he released another one, Electric Light, in 2018. But that's not what we're talking about no, today. We're not even talking about the album. We're just no. talking about the song. Walking home and talking low To seeing shows and evening clothes with you From nervous times and getting drunk To staying up and waking up with you Now we're sleeping at the edge Holding something we don't need so the song was written by James with Paul Barry, who has also penned or co-penned the likes of Believe by Cher and Hero by Enrique Iglesias. Just to name a few. Yeah. Yeah. So he has some writing chops, this Paul Barry guy. Uh, the song was produced by... I have no idea. How to spell that? I want to say Jakir. Yeah, that's cool. So it's spelled like a choir, but with a J at the front. Yeah. So Jakir King. I jacquired myself a new car today. <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> and Jakir has worked with the likes of Tom Waits, Billy Talent, and Tim Finn. So doesn't doesn't Jakir have a pretty famous brother? Who wrote, she's just a cosmic girl. Oh my god. I remember when I was a kid, one of my friends had a friend 
whose dad must be like, a, or must have been like a businessman or something. So it was one of those like happened to a friend of a friend of mine, but like this person's dad was on a flight with Jamiroquai <laughs> and got to talking to him, but like had no idea who he was. So he was like, so what do you do? And Jamiroquai was like, oh, I'm a musician. Like obviously just being kind of humble about it. And he was just like, oh, how nice. And then like, <laughs> I think he then disembarked the plane and then later on was relaying this to his kids and they were like, what? So, <laughs> so what, are you in like a cover band or something? Oh, can that's, you imagine? A, that's an interesting hat you got there. Yeah. That's a dude who wears a good hat. Well, shit, there's the magic formula. Just chuck on a hat. Chuck on, like, a cool hat. Yeah. Although I didn't... No, actually, I, I, I'm not going to say because I can't really remember. I feel as though he wore a headdress at some point, though. I think he did. Yeah. But he... I don't know. Anyway. Um, we're not here to talk about Jamiroquai, even though that would be significantly more interesting. Yeah. But anyway, do you want to talk about chart performance? Uh, let me just get to it. Yes. So the song reached number eight in the ARIA chart, number 10 in the New Zealand charts, and number two on the US Hot Rock Songs chart. Mm-hmm. Certified two times platinum in Australia, America, and the UK. Mm. So it seems like it... It's another one of those ones that, like, it did... Oh, well, it's certified two times platinum in the UK, but it also didn't... They didn't really tell me how well it did in the UK on the charts. Right. I see what you mean. So, like, it obviously it obviously did well enough that it, you know, sold however much... What is it, a million that you need for a platinum? I don't know. I'm picking the number as significantly smaller now with digitals. Digitals, yeah. Or does that count towards it? I don't know. Probably. So, yeah, but it's also been one of those songs that has featured in lots of... It's been on a lot of TV shows. Mm -hmm. So, such as Supergirl, The Vampire Diaries, Grey's Anatomy, The Royals, and Jane the Virgin have all featured a scene with this song in it. I have not watched any of those except for very early days, Grey's Anatomy, but... I I feel like you would have liked The Vampire Diaries had it come around when you were younger. Yeah. Like, had it come around in your emo phase. Is that the one with, like, Suki, what's her name? No, it's True Blood. Ah, well then, yeah. Sucker. <laughs> so, but yeah, just going off those names and, like, the rough idea of what each of them is alone, I feel like this song is a perfect fit for them. Like, it's just very accessible. I guess this is a good transition to go into, like, what we think about the song. So... It's boring. It's, like, it's fine. It makes me think a lot of just when it was first released and it was just chucked into every single like spotify like chill playlist yeah. and when i didn't have spotify premium i would get ads for those chill playlists and so just hearing that or what however the guitar goes just that gentle sort of like yeah like that's all I've got in my head when I think of this song. I shouldn't really be discussing advertisements, seeing as though I now have the entire country of New Zealand after me for last week's guffaw. <laughs> I, I'm worried. I go to sleep with one eye open each night, afraid that you're going to pull a knife on me in my sleep. Me? Well, you are from New Zealand. That's, yeah, but like... <laughs> That's a bit harmful. <laughs> so I'm not... But I definitely feel as though 
I saw this 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 song definitely played on like an insurance ad or something. It's got that it's got that tone of playing on an insurance ad or some something. It's very much a song of the time. Like that was back when all those sort of acoustic-y like songs were huge. So it does transport me back to that time, but also it's just it's a bit of a nothing song. Like I don't think I ever listened to it being like, oh my god, this is so profound. It's just like, oh yeah, this is kind of nice. I when I saw it. On the um, on the Google Drive, I kind of broke out in a little bit of a cold sweat because I was like, "Oh my god, we are doing Disney! We're doing." going to be so excited. We're doing about Disney, that. and Disney. If look, this is the one slam I'm going to throw at Disney. If Disney had no qualms telling a grieving family who lost their son, whose favorite character in the world was Spider Man, who thought hey, this would be a touching tribute to our son, we'll put Spider-Man on his tombstone. If Disney told them, take that down, they would have no qualms shutting us down. If it was going to be Frozen's Let It Go. Did they, like, specifically ask them permission? Or did they just do it? I think they just did it, but at the same time... It's it a... just seems so unfortunate that that's the one death. case that they pick up. Because there's so many, like, bootleg... Disney everything merch yeah everywhere yeah but this was like this shit that that's the one instance where they're like hold up and but it was also a case of like them being like we don't want to associate our characters with death they fucking killed Bambi's mom they killed half of the universe's population in the Avengers films that yeah they uh they who knows Disney is sort of like the pen not handle the tool for like teaching kids about death because you watch Bambi and then you watch the fox and the hound and no one dies but the fox gets like left out in the woods and it's very emotional I'm not gonna say and Mufasa like that one ruined me even the remake ruined me I'm not gonna say what Disney used to be a tool for back in its infancy but (laughs) let's just let's just say I'm going to say that this kind of had me a little bit worried to begin with but Listening to this song a few times, I'm like, damn, I really wish we were doing the Frozen song. I'd See, rather take that least, risk. <laughs> at least the Frozen song has some pep to it. The Frozen song's good. Yeah. Like, this isn't bad. The it's Frozen just, Let It Go is really good, though. This is just very vanilla. And very really, white bread. It really was. Like, that was the same thing. Like, that was of its time, which was the same time. Mm. Like, Let It Go... I feel like... Frozen's Let It Go absolutely just as soon as that came out like people forgot about this this was forgotten really quickly to the point that I was like oh maybe James Bay was the guy who wrote it for the movie (laughs) I didn't even know I I listened to it and I was like oh yeah this was a song yeah that's right I think that's that's a good way to encapsulate it like it's it's fine it's ultimately just very forgettable like it's just kind of like yep that's not a good, that's not a great, like, compliment to it, though, to say it's fine. I know, but, like... But that's what it is, is it's fine. Like, it, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's very basic. It's very bland. And, like, I'm not even, like, I'm not, like, mad at it the same way I was mad at Blame It, for instance. Like, it's just a song. Because I think with Blame It, I was like, awesome, that's Jamie Foxx. That's going to be a killer song, because yeah. he's a killer actor. Yeah. And then I listened to it, I was like, I'm mad at this because I feel like he could have done better. I look at James Bay, and I'm like, this is what I was expecting to get from James Bay. Yeah. 
So yeah. it's not and like... And that's like, that. it fits the it's, brief. It's like it's not disappointing in how sort of disappointing it is. Yeah. Like, it doesn't pick itself up off the ground. It starts, it starts at the bottom and just doesn't go any further. And this is a guy who listens to droning, sad music. But at least... Don't we all? At least it has its ebbs and flows. Yeah. You know? Like, the, yeah, it's very... it. Yeah. Like, it's well done, and, like, it's enjoyable enough, but it's not, like, it's just kind of like, yep, that is a song that exists. What are you looking at? My notes. That I wrote in my notebook. Would you like to say some of them? Doesn't pick itself up off the ground. It doesn't move any further than where it begins. I could have done with a killer drum beat or a bass riff. <laughs> and you, this is why I want you to do dot points, baby. But like, I could have done with a with like a really, like it could have been. That was the that was the thing that I sort of said about um, blank space. Was blank space sort of didn't really to me felt like it didn't really have too much going in between mm. but it had that like it had Taylor Swift's amazing voice but it had a really good drum beat yeah that, that just carries it along it's like but it doesn't take away from her but it's like I don't know could have done with something really good yeah that made me go yes I really want to listen to this song again and instead I just kind of didn't yeah want to but it's I don't know it's it's nothing against simple songs no because you can do a really simple, really good song. This is just boring. Yeah, I'm sorry, and I, I don't want to, I don't want this to be another blame it episode. I don't want to be down on it, well, on th- it the whole time. I think like one thing that tripped me up when we first were like, "Yep, we're doing this song," was for some reason I got James Bay mixed up with I think his name is Jared James. I'm just going to do a quick Spotify search. You could have also possibly have gotten James Bay confused with Harry Styles when Harry Styles had his long hair. I don't know if Harry Styles still has long hair, but I'm pretty Um, sure Harry Styles also wore a hat for a period. It's like those two dudes would have been, you would have been, they would have been indistinguishable from one another. Sure. (laughs) So I think the thing that tripped me up the most about this when we first were like, yep, we're doing this song was... I, for a brief moment, got James Bay confused with Jared James. And so Jared James, he is, like, similar ilk, I think, to James Bay. Like, that sort of acoustic-y kind of, like, very ballad kind of music. And he did this really cool song, I think around about the same time, called Do You Remember? And I'll put in a clip here, because to me, like, this is what let it go could have been like if it was somewhat enhanced if that mm-hmm. makes sense so i'm just gonna play you a bit because okay and then we can just edit it out it's do you remember this one no but it already sounds cool yeah so it's the same thing like yeah, but it's cool. Sort of like double track vocals, acoustic-y. Obviously, it's more full body. But yeah, like... yeah. Like that drum beat is. Yeah. It's so simple, but it just hits hard and. Yeah. So like, imagine let it go, but like fleshed out. Like, yeah. Like that would be incredible. Yeah. 
I mean, we could just put this clip in. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> you also need to remember that I don't really listen to stuff on the radio, so... I remember this was used for like a... I think it was like... VU, maybe? Victoria Union used it for an ad or something? I would, uh, I would have had to have been watching television as well. This is true. I'm not that person that's like, I'm anti-television, I just have all the streaming services. Yeah. No, that's cool. I... I kind of dig it. So, yeah, I think, like, when I sort of made that mistake of... I was like, oh, yeah, no, that was that other guy. But then also, like, but he's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Then, and I think I might have confused it in the sense of, like, oh, James Bay, I think he also did that really cool song. But it wasn't him. I was just like, yeah. oh. Like, it's another James. Anyway. So. I... I think the thing that well, I do... Well, that was Jared James. Yeah, right. Anyway, continue. I think what I like about... I think what I like about the song, though, is... If you listen sort of closely, especially during the verses, you kind of get that, that twang of the British accent in there. Yeah. I like that. It's But it's not obnoxious chumbawamba. Or oh, get knocked down. Or oh, get knocked down kind of like really obnoxious British singing. I don't know if there's any other sort of like that just over the top. But like, I like hearing where he's from. I like hearing his home in his voice. It's the same. It's one of the other reasons why I love listening to Ramstein. I love knowing that I wouldn't need to know that I, I wouldn't need to like see it or read about it to know that I'm listening to a big barrel chested German man. Yeah. On the other end of that microphone. How good of a name is Chumbawamba, by the way? It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I fully agree with you. It's nice to have that little... It kind of reminds me like there's something really endearing, and we will talk about this at some point when we talk about Hands Like Houses. It's really endearing to hear, for example, like an Australian accent within the context mm. of this, or like within the context of like alternative or punk music, for instance. Like... It's nice to sort of catch those little sort of giveaways or like glimpses of like, oh yeah, they're from Australia or like, oh yeah, they're British or like... You wouldn't want it all the time. I feel no. like, and especially if you're a band from Australia, yeah, you wouldn't want your accent to be your singing voice because I feel like that limits you. People, people from your town are going to love you, <laughs> but yeah. people from like, Americans are probably going to listen to that and go, no, no thank you. Yeah. But... It is a shame though that like... The, ah, what's the word? Like, the default is, like, Americanized. Yeah. Like... Um, I remember talking to someone and they had, it was, like, 360 or Hilltop Hoods and they're Australian hip-hop artists. And I was just like, oh, it just, it gets me. It, it pisses me off that, like, it's just, it's bogan hop. They're with the, with the full, thick Australian accent over the top of these raps. And she was like... What would you prefer though? Do you want these Australian guys to be rapping in an American accent? I was like, actually, you got me there. Yeah. No, you got me there. No, yeah. that's a good point. Like, no, of course I don't want to hear them hear them rap with an American accent. So sticking with this Australian or just like any sort of glimpse of an accent within a song, do you have a favourite example of like an Australian accent being noticeable within like 
music that you listen to. Is that noticeable, like, oh, that's grating, or just, like... Like, a favourite. So, like, it could be, like, that's a bit cringe, but it's kind of cute, or, yes, I do like it. Um, I mean, I remember I had a brief period where I was into D's Nuts, which is the... <laughs> that was the old drummer from I Killed the Prom Queen. Did oh, it started, yeah. like, a hardcore rap yep. thing, which I believe he does his Australian accent on top of it. Mm-hmm. And listening back to it now, I'm probably like, that's pretty bad. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I, I I never really got into it. Like I never really got into three sixty and hilltop hoods and bliss and so and yeah. But there's musicians outside of them. True. Like within the context of like even Nikki punk. Webster. No, I always I always feel like you can really tell that Nick Cave definitely is really. For- when he he has these sort of more talky moments yeah and like especially in not especially but in where the wild roses grow yeah with kylie minogue our kylie our kylie or our kylie and our nick mm. you can definitely hear it in their voice but it's also like because she has sort of like these sort of whispery talky parts and she's just talking in her australian accent He's talking, not talking, but like talky, singy kind of yeah. in between. And I don't know. I like that. I like that. And it's a, it's, it's this sort of really, I don't want to say nice song, but it's this sort of, this song that if you didn't listen to the lyrics, you go, that's a lovely song. But then yeah. you listen to the lyrics and go, that's horrible. Yeah. What is the story behind it? It's a guy who, um, he murders a woman. Ah, and fun. And so it's in their perspective. So he's in the perspective of the murderer and she's in the perspective of the victim. Ugh, yuck. So, yeah. And so it was like, yeah, basically he kills her where the wild roses grow. Well, f- shit. <laughs> you asked. No, no, I, I absolutely... I knew it was something, but I couldn't remember. But I was hoping you were going to ask the question back to me because I was going to say the Veronica's... You didn't give me the chance. To. What is an example for you? Mm, funny you should ask me that, Samuel. <laughs> the Veronicas, their first album, The Secret Life of. Dot dot dot. Um, there's a song on it called Revolution, and there's this really cute part just in the first verse where they're saying like, "I am sentimental, like a heart, like a heart without a home." I think it is. But just the way they say home is just so, like, home. <laughs> and it's so delightful. I'm going to chug in another because it's just so lovely. Like, feast your ears on this. It's so cute. Like a heart without a home. I am sentimental. You don't know me at all. So, yes, that is my favourite. This one is so clip-heavy. I'm leaving the editing to you. No, fine. I think... One that came back to me was 28 Days as well. Ah, oh, 28 Days. Did they do this... that? What's my deal? No, oh, they did. It. Everybody, rip it up. Da, da, yes. da, da, go, go, go. Yeah, they they did that. Um, so yeah, 28 Days was this. I mean, they might still be around. I don't know. They were kind of like uh, maybe they were they were they were local Australian Limp Biscuit pretty yeah. much, but. Really not great. Um, and they sort of... I think they came from the suburb of Frankston. And they would feature the suburb of Frankston in their film clips a bit. So, yeah. yeah they were... Uh, they definitely... You could hear the accent in their, <laughs> their voice. But then you get... You got other bands like The Living End. You can definitely hear it in their... In the For way sure. that they sing. And 
you know, whatever. But I think one of the things about James Bay's song... Yes. Let It Go. To move away from the accents. Sure. It's... I don't know how to properly word it, but the... So how I mentioned that it's featured in a lot of TV shows. Yeah. We can listen to the song and know already what those scenes look like. Yeah. I feel like it's something sombre. Someone's broken up with someone or someone said something wrong to yeah. someone. Or in the case of the Vampire Diaries, they got the wrong blood or something. I, I don't know. I'm O positive. I only drink O positive. I only write with AB negative. <laughs> like, use a pen, Sideshow Bob. <laughs> it's... Yeah, we can already see this scene yes. and how it's playing out. And I feel like it's a good enough song that it doesn't... Like, it 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 helps to draw the drama enough without drawing your focus away from what's happening on the screen and not what's happening in your ears. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, you definitely have somewhere you're taking this, so I'm just going to let you take it there. Well, where what it reminds me of yes. is an episode of American Dad. Yes. Where the C plot of the episode is Steve has decided that he's going to become a backup dancer. Mm-hmm. Background dancer? Backup dancer. Backup. So he has this scene where he's he's doing it. He's like, he's like I'm good, but I don't pull the focus away from you. You're the star, Dad, because he's having a conversation with Stan. <laughs> I've given up that dorky pastime and decided to follow my true passion, backup dancing. Look, I'm good, but I don't pull focus. Work it, Dad. You're the star. Thrust it. Uh, thrust it. Uh, thrust it. Then hide the reveal. So is it worth us talking about the music video or shall we just jump to the cover? Music video is James Bay sits in chair, looks sad. House. Oh, wait. He's in a house. Yeah. House has fire. Fire Damn. not good to house. No. He leave in car with woman in car and she angry. And that's all you need to know. That's pretty much it. He looks, he looks, I mean, I, he looks sad, but that could also just be British apathy. I don't know. This is true. I, I've seen the... Is that stiff upper lip stoicism? I've look. I've seen our stats, and I've seen that we don't really get listeners from England. So, <laughs> so we're just going to alienate them now. <laughs> sure. No. I was going to say we love you, England. We do. Yes. So let's talk about the cover by the plot in you. talked about James Bay's it's pretty much the same yeah pretty much virtually virtually the same song before we delve any further than that though I'm sure there won't be a hell of a lot more meat to pick off the bone so to speak 
Tell me about the band. So the band formed in Hancock County, Ohio mm-hmm. in 2010. Yeah. Uh, as of 2019, the band consists of Landon Tours, Chewers on vocals, Ethan Yoda on the bass, Josh Childress on the guitar, and Mathis Arnold hitting the skins, the drum skins, that is. I am disappointed that you didn't put in all your funny jokes that you put there. I was writing this on the train home with you the other day. As of 2019, the band consists of Landon Tours on vocals, Ethan Yoda slapping that bass, Josh Childress shredding the guitar like a fine cheese, and <laughs> Mathis Arnold hitting the skins. Well, that doesn't make sense. You don't really shred, shred a fine cheese. I was cheese. just about to say, you don't really shred fine cheeses. But that's okay. They are signed to Fearless Records. That checks out. It's a good get for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... If I could be bothered, it would be interesting to see the percentage of fearless signees or cohorts or whatever you'd call them, alum, that are on these comp CDs as opposed to non-fearless artists. I wonder if it's a case of, we'll sign you, we would also like you to do a song for us on one of our comps. I don't know. Because, like... In signing them, they're already saying we would like you. Bleh. We would like you to do X amount of groups of songs on an album. True. Anyway, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that terrible of a clause. Like, hey, you know, we give you money, we promote your albums, do a cover song for us. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? But I guess we'll never know. No. One day, look. One day, we might get someone from Fields Records on this podcast. That would be so good. You know. It might happen. I'm not I'm not ruling it out. You have made an attempt to get in contact with the Birdman himself today. I have. And I'm not talking about Michael Keaton. Sir Tony Hawk has posted a number on Twitter and it's one of those like new social media ventures. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> one of those new social media ventures where a lot of celebrities are opting to engage with their customers via text. Um, and so, yeah. There were a lot of humorous ones. There were. My favourite one was someone sent, said, hey Tony, and then the response was, scamped board. <laughs> <laughs> and someone else said, release Goldfinger. <laughs> that one was, that one tickled me a lot. <laughs> so, long story short, I put out my feelers and I sent Tony a very long-winded text to say, come on the pod. <laughs> and I just got back a, sorry, I can't currently text this country, but click the link to add your contact so we can chat later once your country is available. So, <laughs> who knows? Can you imagine? That would be so great if Tony was like, you know what? Yes, I will come on your podcast. I so, would. I, yeah, that'd blow my mind. So, shoot your shot, folks. You never know. Absolutely. You know, that is, that is a goal, that is a genuine goal of mine, oh, to talk yeah. to Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk and Buff Carell, those are my two. Ah, oh, Buff. Yeah, those are my two interview uh, wish lists. I would just have to get you one of Buff Carell's shirts. <laughs> that would be delightful. <laughs> so, the plot in you, going back to them and your hilarious notes on who is who within the band. Mm-hmm. Um... What else do we want to say about this cover? 
I like it more... Sorry, I didn't give you a chance to speak, but I'm just going to keep going. So I like this version more because it's a bit more fleshed out, a bit more... There's more meat to it. I'm using a lot of meat metaphors. I think it's because we had chicken for dinner. Mm. Good chicken. Mm. Mm. Good eating. Good eats. I don't know. It's like I put them together and I tried doing the thing of like listening to them both at the same time. And this is... Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. I had one, <laughs> I had one going on the phone and I had one going on the laptop. And this one is a little bit more sped up by like a fraction. But it ends up being 4 minutes 17 while the original is 4 minutes 20. Yeah. hey Blaze it. Blaze it. So, yeah. I think... For me, this one is better than the original just because it has more oomph behind it. Yeah. I don't know. Probably the the fact that there's a band. Yeah. There. I'm not, I'm not saying there isn't a band for James Bay, but it's probably James Bay. It's probably him and his guitar. I think, yeah. Um, maybe, like, loops and shit like that. Effects pedals. And I don't want to say the plotty new singer is better vocalists but that i don't know he just sort of hits those notes a little bit mm. like i'm like okay yeah landed tours mm. i'm like okay yeah i like it i'm into it i think for me the only downside for this one where james's original wins out is the multi-track vocals in the chorus like as the song progresses yeah i like that james adds those multi-tracked vocals just to give it a bit more body and like a bit more sort of harmony almost yeah whereas they don't do that in this version but in saying that those harms but in saying that they don't really have to hit those harms because they give it just more there's more happening yeah i'm sort of waving my hands around (laughs) um so is it bad that i don't really have anything else to add about it's all right I've got a bold statement. I Uh usually come up with one once a week. This is possibly the most punk song that we will discuss. Yeah. Because it's kind of how the original punk was anti-music, anti... I'm not going to give you what you want to hear. You want to hear something that's that's commercially friendly. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give you that. I'm going to give you something that's going to upset you. This is very commercially pleasing, but you know that somewhere, someone uttered the words, this isn't punk. Yeah. Listening to this cover song on Punk Goes Pop Volume 7, you know that somewhere, someone was upset by this, and that kind of, yeah, that kind of hits me in the pleasure zone. The pleasure zone, you say? The pleasure zone. I don't mean like... I don't, you can have pleasure that's not sexual. <laughs> that's a whole other topic. <laughs> it it kind of... It kind of does get me though. I'm like, yeah, this is on a Punk Goes Pop compilation and they don't make one attempt to be growly, to be heavy, to be fast. They, they, they do the cover faithfully. Yeah. Like... Exactly the same as... Not exactly the same, but pretty much... Very true to the original. Very true to the original, and it would have pissed at least one person off. That is true. 
and considering I, that the rest of their work is somewhat you know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna even go through the comment section of the video and see if I can find something cool see if I can find like a really interesting one I should have done this earlier but Possibly, but maybe we can get Boss to reveal some secrets because he has hopped up on my mic stand. He's got lots to say. And so in that, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's... Well, it's sort of, it reminds me of on The Simpsons where they're, like, Homer and Marge are trying to say, like, so are we cool? And Bart and Lisa are like, well, no. And then there's this whole sort of thing of, like, but is it because we say that we're cool that we're not cool, but that makes us cool? And they're like, no, like... It's, yeah, sort of that reverse psychological thinking of, like, they didn't fit the brief of what punk goes usually is, therefore they are the most punk. I'm getting a lot of people thinking it was going to be the Frozen song. Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, It's actually really more understanding than I was expecting. Ah, well, there you go. Maybe the scene is not as belligerent as it used to be. (laughs) But it's... It's, yeah, so someone was like, it's not a heavy song to begin with. Making the song any heavier would take away the emotional impact behind the lyrics. Props to the guys and the plot in you. You pulled it off perfectly. Um, yeah, people just saying, like, I was expecting heaviness and didn't get it, but they're not upset by that at the same yeah. time. So maybe, maybe this scene has kind of grown up maybe. like we have. Yeah, maybe. It's, yeah, no... Yeah, no, it's mostly just, it's mostly people just like, all right, yeah, no, it's cool. Well, there you go. And mostly people thinking it was going to be the Frozen song. Yeah, <laughs> a major disappointment. But you know what? It still would have pissed someone off. Someone yeah. would have gone, oh, it's not punk. Yeah. So I know that for a fact because that would have been me at like 16. Yeah. So shall we talk about other covers? Yes. So this week we've decided to only focus on like two more covers separate to these guys. I've already forgotten the the plot in you. So the reason being that all of the covers for this song just sound the same with very slight variations more or less. Except for the second cover, the, the last cover. But we will get to that. Yes. So the first cover we wanted to introduce to y'all is this one by Haley Steinfeld. Throwing clothes across the floor From teeth and cars and slamming doors to you If this is all we're living for Then why are we doing it, doing it, doing it anymore? I used to recognize myself, it's funny how reflections change When we're becoming something else, I think it's time to walk away So come on, let it go, just let it be So Sam, yeah, what do you think of this one? Uh, It's the same song yeah. But with a female vocalist. And that female vocalist is a famous actress slash singer. It's a shame because she does really fun stuff. Like, yeah, she's had some good songs like Hell Knows and Headphones. Yep. Um, Starving. Like, she is fun and does, like, good sort of pop music. And then this is just like, ah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. 
Like, and like what could she have done? And that's the thing. It's like you can't fault her for just doing a true rendition of it. But it's just like, yeah, I'd like to just see someone make it more exciting. And I just, I want to, I guess I want to put in, like, if you don't know who Haley Steinfeld is, first of all, she's no relation to Jerry Seinfeld. Well, no, because they're different surnames. I, I read the name wrong the first time I saw it. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> she is, I, well, she was an actress before she was a singer. She broke out when she was in the excellent Coen Brothers movie True Grit which is a remake from a 1969 film I believe mm-hmm. and she was only 14 in that and she was okay. great in that but she was also in movies like Pitch Perfect 2 and 3 yep was that was it The Edge of 17 the, yes, the high school that's movie such a good one Bumblebee with John Cena as in Transformers as in Transformers sake. yep and she was also the voice of Spider-Woman in Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Gwen? Uh, was she Spider-Gwen or Spider-Woman? Ah. Oh, no, she was, because she was Gwen Stacy in that, wasn't she? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Look, there could be there could be a Spider-Gwen and a Spider-Woman that are both the same character, and I wouldn't know. <laughs> so, yes, that is a... Cliff Notes version of who Haley Steinfeld is. Um, because I, I know her as the actress. I don't know her as the singer. See, I know her primarily as the singer. As the singer. Excuse me. See, this is just how riveting this song is, is it's putting me to sleep. <laughs> but... We could do we could do a, like a, a sleepy time punk goes pod. That would be delightful. Um, what do you call it? Playlist. So we could have this. We could have Blame It. <laughs> No, no, blame it. it wouldn't put us to sleep with it. It would just make us mad. It would just put us in a coma. <laughs> but, but no, it's... Yeah, like, I feel like it could have been... She could have again done something exciting for it. I don't... She was doing it for something. I think it was on MTV or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just... It's, again, another really faithful rendition of the song. But at the same time, it's a faithful rendition of kind of a boring song. Yeah. So... I don't know. I don't know what you could have done. Throw in some synths. Yeah. I love synths. So, the next cover we want to talk about, and this will be our final cover for the night, we'll keep it. This is probably going to be a brief episode. That's probably not the worst thing. And by brief, I mean it will still probably be over an hour. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so, this one is by Jal Harmen van Murek. Helle. I like this one. Yeah. This is the one that I listen to and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is sort of closer to what 
I was kind of expecting and hoping from, you know, Punk Goes Pop. Yeah. This is sort of, this is definitely, and we've had that a few times where it's like, ah, you know, this is kind of closer to the, the true, but at the same time, like, you can't say, like, this isn't, this isn't the true spirit of the album, you know? Like I yeah. said, like, fuck, like, doing something that people aren't expecting and maybe not wanting to hear, like, that is punk as F. <laughs> you know? I love that you say fuck and then you follow it up with F, like, in the next sentence. <laughs> uh... <laughs> but no, like, it's it's one dude, I'm assuming by the name. I, I tried looking him up and, look, most results came back with Sweden. Mm-hmm. So it's just one dude you know, playing the instruments. And the one, the knock I would give it is that it's the, the distortions a little bit on the guitars are a little bit too distorty. To me, it sounds a little bit lo-fi overall, but yeah. I think that just comes down to the fact that it's home recording and yeah. Anyway. I mean, when I say too distorty, I think it's, it's too, it's got too much gain or too much treble or something. Yeah. Uh, something to it that's just a bit like you can't distinguish the notes from one another a little bit right yep and in certain types of music that's cool but in this maybe just clean it a little bit i'm not saying take the distortion out i want the distortion in but i just wanted to take it up a little bit so i can fully distinguish between each note but i like it yeah i think it's cool it's yeah it's a good rendition like it's more fitting of what you would expect from a Punk Goes offering, even though it's not from Punk Goes. But it, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, give it a listen. He's on, he's got two thousand views on this video. Give him more. Yeah, <laughs> we should get him on the pod. Yeah, I'd put him on. <laughs> that that other Swedish group that did the blank space cover get them on that was a cool one oh it was was yeah. it like 21 2 or yeah that's it 21 yeah. 2 they were good yeah but yeah look again I don't really have anything to add to me it's sort of like it's interesting that this song was chosen as a candidate to be covered in the first place yeah cause like where do you like you either have to go so far beyond what the original is to make it different or you do just do a very accurate version and it just ends up sounding like oh yeah okay right this is another one though very similar to blame it where we're going this is a boring song but they were wildly successful songs yeah and i think this is because they're so accessible i suppose like it's yeah it appeals to teens it appeals to older people like it's sort of it's sort of like Adele to me. Like, it's just that sort of yeah. like very accessible across a broad demographic. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, and she... Nothing she ever... Besides the Skyfall song. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's, that's a tremendous song. a bloody song. good song, yeah. I have an idea for... I have a few ideas, actually. I'm sitting up in my chair. That's how serious it is. I have a few ideas for... Fearless Records to take on board for their next Punk Goes albums. Punk Goes Bond? Punk Goes Bond is the number one for that me. That would be really good, Punk actually. Goes, Punk Goes... Because, like, there's, like, 26 songs or whatever there are now. Fuck, we should get in touch with Mr. Fearless and tell him this. Look, Bob Fearless. 
I think he's Jim Fearless, haven't we established? Oh yeah, Jim Fearless. Bob yeah. Fearless was his dad. Gotcha, yep. Get in touch with the Broccolis. That's the, 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 the producers of, like, the the famous producer, and then I think his wife or his daughter or something now produces the Bond films. Broccoli? Yeah, his name is Albert R. Broccoli. As in the vegetable. Yes, as in the vegetable. No, <laughs> as, in, as in the famous type of boat. Yes, the vegetable. <laughs> Get in touch with the Broccolis. And say, hey, we want to do some punk covers of your of your famous songs. That would be that would be dope. They don't write the songs, do they? Well, no, like like. So then they wouldn't need permission from Mister and Mrs. Brock. They probably own the songs, though. Oh uh, yeah. So like, I'm thinking of like some of the famous ones. So Skyfall, the Jack White song, Jack oh. White and Alicia Keys. Song. Now I just feel like listening to all of the Bond songs. That's a good song like, as well. The Chris Cornell one is so good. I feel like the. Jack White one got got shat on a bit. That's kind of a good song. It's cool, yeah. It's a good song. Yeah, the Chris Cornell one is pretty much, except for the Sam Smith song, pretty much all the Daniel Craig songs are like killer, killer songs. I I don't think I minded the Sam Smith one. I think they did a good job on it. Like, I don't know. Mm, no, I didn't love it. Yeah. But then, I don't know. Then you also have the Madonna song. Which one was that again? That was Die Another Day. Oh, so good. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of not a bad song. It is. Oh man, that's what we're listening to when we finish up is just Bond. Songs. Bond songs. All right. Punk but, goes Bond. Let's just let's punk. do it ourselves. Let's hit up a bunch like people out there who have a punk band and happen to listen to this. Like fucking cover a Bond song. So I had Punk goes Bond. Yeah. Punk goes. I feel like I definitely thought of like Punk goes Disney. Oh, that would not happen. No. As I stated previously yeah. with the Tombstone, that would not happen. Am I still picking up okay on this mic? I'm just being very casual right now. You're a little bit low, but... How's this? That's better. Okay. Punk goes... Yeah, Punk goes Disney. I also thought of the idea of, like, Punk goes Punk. So it's like yeah. these kinds of bands doing old punk songs. So, like, doing Bad Religion songs, doing yeah. doing Misfits, doing Ramones, doing Sex Pistols, that sort of thing. Look, what I'm hearing is we should, we or you, but me also, just because I should, we should be working for Fearless Records. I'd take that job. Yeah. I don't, we're just the ideas department. It's just the <laughs> yeah. two of us. It's we're just like, getting paid, like, yearly salaries to be like, have you considered this topic? It's, it's like... Punk goes television. <laughs> punk goes, um... Drunk, it's all about alcohol songs. It's just Chumbawamba's tub thumping. <laughs> <laughs> it's just 15 different versions of Chumbawamba. We established a few episodes ago with the beloved Richard S. He. Yes. That a flock of seagulls did an entire album that was just I Ran So Far Away, but yeah. different versions. There was like 15 versions of that one song <laughs> done differently. Imagine how beautiful that would be. <laughs> Just 15 different punk covers of Chumbawamba. I would pay so much money for that. That would be so good. Or <laughs> get knocked down. Fuck it, we're going overtime. What are some other great ideas? Um... Punk goes... <laughs> Punk goes, like, every song from The Simpsons. 
Yeah, punk goes I hear Springfield. Punk. Boss, what are you eating? Sorry, Boss just... He's eating fluff off the carpet. I want to hear a punk cover of See My Best. That would be pretty funny. Uh... I feel like we're just going to run this bit into the ground. Yeah, we probably are. We should just do an exclusive episode where we just sit and just think of as many Punk Goes things as we can. I I know you haven't watched it, but there's an episode of Metalocalypse where they try and they try to like become comedians, right? And so Metalocalypse, they they play in the band Death Clock, which is the biggest band in the world, but they're a death metal band. Yeah, and and they. Hang on. Death Clock, like, they don't exist. They're sort of like the gorillas of, like... Yeah it's, yeah. it's the one guy, Brendan Small... That's so sick. ...does all the instrumentation, but he's also, like, he doesn't really care for metal. Like, yeah. I think he went through it at one point, but he's like, you know, Queen's my favourite band. Yep. yep. So, there's an episode where they're trying to, to become comedians, and they're, they're at a comedy club, and there's one guy, and he's just like, Remember this, remember Zorks. It sounds like you're snoring. Zork, Zork. And he's just basically <laughs> doing jokes. It's just like, remember this. And they're like, they go up on stage and like the crowd's loving it. They go up on stage and they absolutely bomb. And they're just like, they're sitting there and they're like, oh man, I can't believe that we weren't as funny as the remember that guy. And then like Nathan, the lead singer, is just like, but he was great. <laughs> I feel like that's what that episode would be for us. It would just be like, oh man, imagine like Punk Goes Montage songs. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Remember montages? I remember montages. Oh, goodness. I think we did an entire week of learning about montage in cinema studies. Yeah. <laughs> that. You know what? I think we should wrap it up now. And on a high note. Yeah, because we've already started to, like, drop. Yeah, that's fine. But... I've got nothing else. Like, nothing else. (laughs) I think... Look, if anyone out there is actually listening... Look, our numbers are climbing. It's just we're not really getting that feedback yet. So... Mm. But anyway, if anyone is brave enough to do so and you have any cool ideas for Punk Goes Comp... Definitely. ...themes, hit us up on... Twitter at Punk Goes Pod. Probably don't bother with Instagram because I just don't check it anymore. Uh, hit us up on Gmail, punkgoespod at gmail.com. We would love to hear any and all suggestions for Punk Goes themes. Uh, because we will still steal your ideas for our big meeting with Jim Fearless tomorrow. Yep, yeah. Um, and yeah, shit, if you are in a band and you want some clout... Record a Bond cover. We will, oh, absolutely. We will 100% play any and all bits of music that are forwarded our way. I think it's pretty much this one movie, and it might be, like, no, not Thunderball, because that was Tom Jones. It might be... One of them was a, was an instrumental, and that was, like, the only one. So, like, yeah. there's every other Bond movie has vocals yeah. to the song. So, there's there's, like... 25 songs you can pick from. Do it. Do like, it. That would be so good. Do it. But until then, should we hear anything? Thank you for listening. Um, it's probably been a bit of a painful episode just because there wasn't a hell of a lot for us to say, but I think we got there in the end. Sometimes you just... Yeah, sometimes there's just not really much to say. Sometimes I... you just get knocked down. But then you get up again. Mm-hmm. Pissing the <laughs> night away. <laughs> Um, I didn't realise that that's what she was saying because it's like 
she's so sort of wistful. Yeah. Kissing the night away. So, I like my whiskey drinks. I like my vodka drinks. So next week we will be covering Last Friday Night, parentheses, TGIF by Katy Perry. That's going to be a big one again. As covered by Woe Is Me. Yeah, that's going to be another big one. So Lots strap yourselves in. Lots to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do yeah. We, do we announce the other part for that or do we just... Keep it a surprise. We'll keep it a surprise for okay. now. But until next week, Chumba Wumba. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs>